from the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio. You're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast. And now for your host and CISO, James Azar. Good morning, gang. Welcome to another episode of the Cyber Hub Podcast Practitioner Brief, Monday, December 12th, 2022. Thank you all for taking time out of your Monday morning to be here with us on the show this morning. Got a lot of great things coming your way. I hope everyone had a great, relaxing, and enjoyable weekend. Please make sure to subscribe to our podcast. If you're listening on your favorite podcast listening platform and it's your first time listening in, or if you've listened in a bunch of times and you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure to subscribe now. Follow us on YouTube at CyberHub Podcast on Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, we're everywhere. All right, so please make sure to give us a like, follow, comment. Um, we'd love to get feedback on the show. Anything you've got, uh, we'd love to hear about. You can also submit stuff on our website at cyberhubpodcast.com. Before we get into this morning's show and we power ourselves up for this Monday, Monday morning and this week, um, just 12 days from Christmas, six days from Hanukkah, very, very exciting time. Coffee cup cheers, y'all. We'll start with our first story of this Monday morning, a follow-up on the Rackspace ransomware attack. So for those that have missed, Rackspace has been under the uh, um, heavy workload of recovering from a ransomware attack on their Microsoft Exchange server that's put many of their customers uh, out lurking, trying to get email to operate again. The company's now notifying all customers that their warning of phishing attacks as a result of this ransomware attack where potential threat actors could start spamming their customers or better yet trying to steal more sensitive information. Uh, So the company put out a statement saying that customers could easily spot scammers attempting to steal their sensitive information. Emails from Rackspace will always be sent from rackspace.com emails. Rackspace support will never ask you for login credentials or personal information like social security number, driver's license, or anything else. Even though the company is yet to reveal if it has any evidence of any stolen data, they've went ahead and issued that, meaning someone is trying to take advantage of it, and they just want to put it out there and let people know that there's some phishing attacks going on as well. Cisco is working on a patch for a publicly disclosed, disclosed IP phone vulnerability. On Thursday of last week, Cisco informed that it's working on patching a high-severity vulnerability affecting some of its IP uh, phones. CVE 2022-209-68 impacts the 7800 series and 8800 series, except 8821. Cisco IP phones, there are no workarounds, but Cisco did provide a mitigation that could be used until the patch is released. The CVEs described by the networking giant as a stack buffer overflow related to the discovery uh, protocol processing feature. An unauthenticated adjacent attacker could exploit the vulnerability by sending a specially crafted discovery uh, protocol packet to the targeted device. Exploitation could lead to arbitrary code execution or denial of service condition. Um, Phones running firmware 14.2 and earlier are impacted. A patch is scheduled for next month. Um, So, and you can see there's a link in the story for the workaround uh, by Cisco. There's over 4,000 vulnerable Pulse Connect Secure hosts that are exposed to the internet. The 4,000 internet accessible Pulse Connect Secure hosts are impacted by at least one known vulnerability, according to uh, Census. Uh, touted as the most widely deployed SSL VPN solution, Pulse Connect Secure 
provides remote and mobile users with secure access. The VPN is an appliance. It was bought by Avanti. And we've talked, I mean, Pulse has been out of the stories for months now. I can't remember the last time we did it. There was a period of time where we talk about Pulse at least once a month. Um, despite that, however, the number of Pulse Connect secure hosts remain high. 4,460 out of 30,000 appliances are still exposed to the internet due to lack of patches. According to the report, roughly 3,500 of the vulnerable appliances are missing patches released in August of 2021 to resolve six vulnerabilities, including a critical severity file write bug that's on the system must patch list. They've also discovered 1,800 of the vulnerable hosts have not been patched against three critical severity issues that Pulse Secure resolved in May of 2021. Um, and so... A lot of devices still not patched. And this kind of goes to the conversation and the question we have as practitioners. Is the vendor responsible to continue to notify you that you've got a vulnerability or is releasing the patch, letting you know to, 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 to patch enough? And, and, and I think this is kind of the difference between a security vendor and a security partner, folks. A security partner will continually remind you that you've got a device that hasn't been patched yet while a security vendor will just release the patch and walk on his way saying I've done my end of that bargain. Hackers earn nearly a million dollars for 63 zero days exploited in the pond to own in Toronto over the weekend. The competition ended with just $989,750 paid out for 63 zero day exploits and multiple bug collisions targeting consumer products between December 6th and December 9th. During the competition, 26 teams and security researchers targeted device and mobile phones, home automation hubs, printers, wireless routers, network-attached storage, and smart speakers categories. Uh, while no team signed up to hack the Apple iPhone 13 and Google Pixel 6 smartphones, the contestants hacked a fully patched Samsung S22 four times. Um, and, and there's a whole bunch of stuff here, but it's good to see the community come together. Um, it's good to see these types of competitions and these types of payouts. This is what makes security better across the entire industry. Um, and you can obviously see here the teams and the points with DefCore taking first place and winning $142,500. Uh, so good for them. Uh, well done, team. Local governments are allegedly targeted with the Iranian DROCBK malware through the Log4J vulnerability. Researchers with the SecureWorks counter threat unit said on Friday that Iranian threat group Cobalt Mirage, with which other researchers call Nemesis Kitten or UNC2448, has been actively looking to exploit U.S. networks in a campaign that began in February. It began in February. The group uses the Drock BK malware to maintain their access in a victim's network, according to the, to um, Rafay Peeling, the principal security researchers. SecureWorks noted that about a month ago, CISA released an advisory about an Iranian advanced persistent threat group that's accessed the server of a federal agency by exploiting the Log4J vulnerability. SecureWorks said that even though CISA did not name the group at the time, they believed the same actors were, were also targeting local governments in the U.S. as well as organizations in finance and education industries. Uh, target selections by the Cobalt Mirage is likely opportunistic, driven by the presence of vulnerability and nothing really targeted forensic artifacts indicate that the drog bk.exe was extracted from a compressed archive hosted on a legitimate transfer.sh online service the code identifies the specific github account and the request used to locate the malware c2 server in the campaign the threat actor used the github account with the username shinalot 20 
2023. The firm also uncovered a campaign running since at least 2017. And for those that have missed it over the weekend as well, um, Iran um, is on the uh, now in the crosshairs for their military support to Russia. So as you see, Iran's capabilities get better over the last six to, to over the last six months or so. It's predominantly because there's some sort of trade going on where Iran's providing Russia with uh, essentially uh, self-exploding drones, kamikaze drones, and Russia's giving them something back. And Russia doesn't have a lot of money right now. Well, it's got money, but it's likely trading some sort of cyber capabilities as well as part of that uh, relationship there. And that's something to be mindful of. As you kind of start to look at threats and you look at Russia, don't look too far behind. Iran's right there. Iran's new president is very hardliner. They're looking to create more disruptions. Uh, They they see value in doing so. Um, And so there's that as well to be concerned about. That's it for our show this morning, Uh, folks. We'll be back with a whole lot more tomorrow, 9 a.m. live right here on uh, 9 a.m. Eastern on uh, my YouTube, James Azar, on our CyberHub Podcast Twitter page and on our YouTube page at 9.30. We we put this back out on our LinkedIn page at CyberHub Podcast on Facebook and on Twitch. Thank you all for tuning in. Thanks for being part of the show. Have a great rest of your day. And most importantly, stay cyber safe. We love feedback. So make sure to connect with us on social media and subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast listening platform.